Welcome to the Luxray Podcast. Here we touch on current Web3 events, news, and updates. This podcast is hosted by Aldridge, myself, and Tegan, my co-host. We are Nala Studios, a Web3 consulting agency collaborating with brands to enter and create innovation in the Web3 space. Today, we'll be touching on influencer marketing and NFTs, Halloween events, NFT NYC, the new Coinbase NFT marketplace, movies entering Web3, Nike filing for new trademarks on digital apparel, big tech moving towards the metaverse, market predictions on crypto from financial firms, and the most recent scandal from Jungle Freaks. Let's dive in. So what are your thoughts on NFT influences in the space right now? Um, well, the other day I was, I was telling you about how I saw uh, Beanie post on Twitter about Macy's offering him some money to promote their nfts i think mm-hmm. i think it was a joke but you know it just really makes you wonder some of these bigger names in this space like when they talk about a project are they getting paid for it and have they done their due diligence with this sort of stuff you know yeah if you're promoting it like you're essentially like telling people to spend their hard-earned money in something that may not work out Agreed. Um, and, they, and they have such a big influence because mm. they have like upwards of a hundred thousand followers mm. Um, so I think like their voice has a massive impact on what projects succeed and what That's don't. That's true. And um, some of the ones that are succeeding, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I I don't know why they they're doing so well. I guess um, compared to like other ones where I think have a better foundation, better team, and they're just kind of not really taking off. You're saying because they the other ones get actual get influencers talking about them. That's yeah, yeah. Them. And it's just, I don't know if it's, they're just friends of friends and that's the reason they succeed. Mm. And it's just more about network than actual fundamentals of the project and strategy. Yeah, that's true. It's hard It's hard to know sometimes with this space when people are anonymous, you don't know if they're mm. promoting their next door neighbor or someone on the other side of the world that they don't even know that's and true. have no connection to. It, mm-hmm. just, it just makes you think like, you know, you kind of have to have some sort of... Um, I don't know, like judgment on what you take money for, essentially. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You don't sell your soul to the devil or mm. or anything like that. Like, yeah, it's it's people's money that you're playing with. So I don't know. I think giving an honest opinion is is okay if you're getting paid for an honest opinion. But if you're just 100% spruiking things yeah. um, without any, like, you don't actually believe in it and you're not going to buy it. I mean, people can check that nowadays. Like, you can see what's in someone's wallet. But That's true. A lot of these influencers probably have the bags to just buy one of these NFTs maybe that they're promoting, Mm -hmm. potentially, Um, you know. Yeah. Mm. And in, like, I guess the opposite fashion, there is also a little bit of a negative, um, a bit of negativity around influencers in this space. I think, you know, people are reaching out for them to shield their projects or, you know, promote them. And then you see some of the big influencers like criticizing that, you know, I just feel like they haven't heard of influencer marketing before. <laughs> we see Facebook meta reaching out to, to big TikTok stars. Yeah, that's true. And it's having good success. I think that's what we need to get an open metaverse happening or moving the space into yeah, mainstream. Yeah, you need those mainstream influencers yeah. talking so. about this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's interesting. I think um, influences in this space are kind of just speaking to people already in the space where we need 
influences outside of the space. So we need a we need voices of everyday to people. broaden broaden that. Yeah. Who's in here already? This ecosystem. Because who who are the influencers right now? The people who got rich off crypto, mm-hmm. or people who got in really really early to NFTs, like twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, and yeah. they just that's not really speaking to an everyday person, right? Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. Yeah, to get to get more mainstream adoption, it's it's definitely going to take outside influencers coming in talking about this learning themselves as well and not just immediately going for like getting in to get paid yeah um but you know i guess i guess it's a hard thing to try and get them to um fall into Mm. you know if this is their career they're getting paid to promote things over here in this ecosystem why should i come over here and not do the same thing and it's all about that education piece whereas you know it's a big difference between getting young girls to buy makeup and clothes versus getting young girls to invest in something that, you know, could potentially hurt their, hurt their finances if they invest too heavily and follow these influences too heavily. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, Hmm. it's going to take a lot of education to the mainstream influences, but I think we definitely need them in this space. And I think, yeah, as you said, the negativity needs to kind of, stop otherwise it's it's kind of just keeping a keeping, cage around what's yeah. what's here right now and we don't gonna, want that we're going to see some of the centralized companies come in and you know uh, kind of ruin the vision that we have of an open metaverse mm. and decentralization yeah but definitely not to say everything needs to be de- decentralized but yeah so I feel like um, a lot has happened since we since we last recorded. I think just because there's been so many events, and you know we had Halloween, and there was a lot of um, projects uh, doing things for that event. Like yeah. especially the like dead or like I don't know spooky themed um, NFTs were definitely trying to get around that event. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely saw dead fellas and even deadheads. What did deadheads do? I can't even remember. Did they even do anything? They probably I imagine didn't. they would. Yeah. Too much happened. But there was a lot. Deadfellas uh, did a, a party in Decentraland. I don't have a I don't have a Deadfella, so I didn't get to go. But <laughs> I went and had a look in like in their land. Mm. It's like a looks like a castle, I guess. Um, and you can see through the windows. But because I don't have one of their NFTs. I couldn't get in like the doors to go inside. Yeah, they even had um, like Steve Aoki there. Yeah, Steve which Aoki. Which was really cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and they did a a pumpkin carving competition, which V Friends also did. Yeah, yeah. So that was Americans get really into Halloween. We didn't we don't you don't really see that sort of stuff in Australia, but it's really. it's kind of cool. Everyone has their like little tools to it's, carve their pumpkins. It's pretty impressive and, some of the yeah. the submissions. Yeah, definitely. The one the one that won for V Friends was insane. I didn't I don't think it. I could even draw that, let alone carve it into a, <laughs> oh into a pumpkin. <laughs> um, and what else? Wow had a costume competition. So like they were getting yes. you could dress up as like your World of Women NFT or like one of them. Um, kinda like cosplay style, which is it was really cool. There was some good um, dress ups of those. Mm. Yeah, we saw a lot of people just doing multiple, you know, the multiple owners. Yeah. They were just getting fully into it, just doing all of their World of Women. 
which yeah, I cool. thought was pretty cool. Uh, also saw floaty floaties um, transforming into morphies, so mm. you could just pay like a small mint price, and that was transforming them into like a Halloween version. Yeah, which I thought was cool. And then in the future, they're gonna do other events where you can choose to change it. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. So that's that. cool. That so like cool. a Christmas style, or you can just keep your original mm. one that you morphed it into. So interesting concept. I'm interested to see where they take that project and yeah, how they keep adding value. But yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was cool. Mm. Um, and the other big event that oh, happened the this week. One. Oh man, <laughs> NFT NYC. Wow. Uh, I feel like a lot, a lot came out of that event, um, which we'll talk about later in in the podcast. But I mean, for me, it's just massive FOMO seeing seeing all the networking opportunities that people got for the different NFT like nft specific like nft project events mm-hmm. um not even like considering the panels and um the panels were amazing. educational events that they had on as well like yeah such prolific figures were all there yeah. having fireside chats panels just even meeting up afterwards after the events for after parties and just like secret events yeah oh, so cool i can't wait till they do something like that in australia or other places where we can actually go to so yeah yeah it looked it looked it looked really good um it would have been a great experience to get to see who these people are behind these you know punks and apes and things <laughs> you know because you don't really know what people look like and then yeah you rock up to the yacht or whatever and you oh you're so-and-so like i had no idea this is what you looked like you know what i mean yeah um, but it'd be interesting to see what, I guess, inspiration people get from attending that and the networks that they make and, you know, what projects potentially get built off of any of those connections that were made in the last week. I think I think that was a great opportunity for people to kind of just talk about what's missing, okay, what can we learn from other people, yeah. what can we do to then grow this space further. I think that was the biggest thing that, you know, if you didn't get to go, you missed out on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so and even I'm, I'm still <laughs> waiting for some of that information to travel back yeah through social channels i feel like a lot of it hasn't really been relayed yet so mm-hmm. um i think yeah there was a lot of opportunity there a lot of pe- a lot of connections made a lot of people getting doxxed and friends catching up <laughs> online friends meeting up in real life yeah um even that board ape yacht club the the cruise right. ship they get was it a cruise ship it looked like a cruise ship it looked like, huge that was just insane. They were like definitely killing it in terms of how many events they were doing and yeah. how many people Cause they had their showed up. Warehouse party as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then creature, creature um, parties. Creature party that looks cool. The yeah. the like playground that <laughs> Danny Cole made um, for the event. Yeah. It looked it looked really good. So uh, yeah, it'd be amazing to. Um, I saw a post from I can't remember the artist, um, but essentially they were in Times Square and one of their art pieces was being displayed in Times Square on one of the, you know, electronic billboards. I feel like that would just be an, an amazing feeling. Like, I'm just thinking of, I saw Danny, Danny Cole, pictures of Danny Cole at the creature party standing on his creature playground set that he had made with a huge smile on his face. And you, you'd just be in awe of like, wow, this is, this is the community I created. This mm. is the art that I created and everyone's just loving it. And, you know, loving that experience of getting together and you know there would be so many artists in the last week that would have walked into the 
Times Square, all the different galleries that were set up in New York, and just seeing, wow, my art is finally yeah. on display. You know what I mean? There's a lot of like it's struggling a surreal artists. Feeling, hey? Yeah. And, and e- now, even even the people in New York, because they had it pretty much going yeah. most of the day in um, Times Square, mm. just the big billboard. So as people walking past, you see everything NFT related. Like, what is this? <laughs> that must have raised some serious awareness. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how many newcomers came into this space just because <laughs> they walked past a billboard that mentioned yeah. NFTs or like even just like posters or, or saw artwork parties or, or something yeah. or just like heard, heard people talking in mm. bars or... Yeah, because there are people yeah. meeting up after the different events, just randomly, not anything organized. <laughs> yeah. And you'd overhear maybe a conversation. So that would be really interesting to know and mm. chat to anyone that was in New York in the last week and get to hear from them yeah. why they jumped in. Like, what was it that they saw that made them jump into the space? That's true. That's true. Mm. Um, another introduction of a lot of people into the space was we saw the Coinbase Marketplace preview. Yes. Um, which looked pretty cool. I didn't see too many features that were... I feel like nothing's super new yet. Yeah. Um, the one thing I did notice was um, you could use your Coinbase account to sign into the platform. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you're in OpenSea, you have to connect your wallet to sign in. Whereas this is you could... You could use a wallet or you could use your Coinbase account to just sign in. I like that they gave that option. So I think, yeah, that's good for a lot of people that maybe just have an account, don't have these wallets that you need for other platforms and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can start um, looking at NFTs that way. Yeah, it covers both. And even, like, I use MetaMask, so I prefer to use a MetaMask wallet Mm. signing in that way. But, yeah, it's good that you have both options. And they've already, like, thought about that gripe that people have of sometimes your so there's some things that you don't necessarily want people to see on your profile. Yes. Um, so having that like already built in rather than having that come in later, mm-hmm. I think is really good and show, showing that they're already listening to feedback that um, other people are having with different marketplaces. Yeah. Um, so just the ability so was, to showcase which ones you want to actually show. Yeah. So if someone's looking in your wallet, it only shows the, the, the good ones, right? Not yeah, the, not, not the, dud not the duds. <laughs> All the little joke ones that you got, you don't necessarily want people to see. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> I'm a serious collector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we also saw movies yes. starting to move into NFTs. That was so, one thing that was announced at NFT NYC, the Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You were excited about that. Yeah, I love Quentin. <laughs> He announced that he's going to um, make some never-before-seen um, footage from, was it like Pulp Fiction, I think? Yeah, from Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction um, into NFTs. So mm-hmm. behind the scenes, never-before-seen, I don't know if it's footage or, or images. Uh, Matrix is another one that we're releasing yes. 100,000. Yeah. And then there was two options. Yes, it gets released and then you can choose to take the red pill or the blue pill, (laughs) like in the movie. And then depending on what you choose, that something happens to your, like I think they're PFPs. Mm. So something happens to your PFP depending on which one you choose. Mm -hmm. So one I think stays as like a Matrix character and one 
changes into something else. Okay. Have to see, have to yeah. see. Um, but that will be interesting. And then they're planning on making it like a multi-year experience and offering people the opportunity to earn more NFTs and upgrade. So it'll be interesting to see how that whole mm. ecosystem plays out as well. It's really cool to see, you know, films thinking about how they can jump into the space and bringing the story of their film into the, I guess, the story that purchases of the NFT will have to live through as well. You know, mm-hmm. choosing the whole red pill, blue pill is kind of bringing that choice from the movie into real life. True. Yeah, and it's also just maybe a tactic to hype up their new movie. That's true. So We'll see if it's a cash grab or not. Um, but there's old movies as well that are thinking of jumping in, like Lionsgate. That's true. That's and true, Autograph yeah. um, just signed a, like I think a multi-movie or multi-franchise deal. So the first one that they released was Saw, just in time for Halloween as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another one where they kind of played into the story <laughs> where you could um, mint, I think it was a trap from the movie, and then the schematics for the trap. And then the uh, the lock, like the key to unlock the trap. Okay. And so I think if you had them all matching, then you got um, another NFT at the end, which was, I went and had a look and it was um, Jigsaw's like lab or whatever you would call it, where um, he would set up all his experiments, yeah, yeah, like yeah. set up all of his traps. Um, so I thought that was, that was pretty cool. I don't know what, if cool. they're planning on doing like further things with, those nfts but i mean i think only a couple hundred people actually ended up getting the matching like trap schematic and key okay um so that's potentially that amount. that's quite scarce yes yeah, so that's quite scarce so whoever got that final picture there wouldn't be that many of those out there mm. okay that's cool and so there's a few other movies that lionsgate like the franchises that they're thinking of twilight hunger games madman mm, okay <laughs> john wick John Wick would be a popular one to get. That would be. Yeah. Twilight. Might, I guess they're popular, get, yeah. Twilight might be a, a... I know, I would like to see... A teenage me would have loved some Twilight NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It'd be, um, you know, a bit reminiscent of high school era or something. Get some of those. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, um, but yeah. Uh, also saw that Nike was filing for some trademarks on digital collectibles or their ip so we can see mm. they're going to come in heavy into the space you know i'm excited to you see know what they do yeah there's already some big fashion um nft players out there like artifact you know that has built a, a brand for itself um and there's already like streetwear brands that have jumped in so mm. you know I'm really interested to see what Nike does and I hope they do it well because I think, you know, it's such a big brand and if they don't, it's it'll be a really bad introduction it, to the space if they don't meet that hype of it, the other ones that exist already. I think that what they've already done shows that they have the capability and resources to do something mm. quite meaningful. Yeah. So it'll be disappointing if they they don't deliver on that. Yeah. I think, you know, just seeing what Artifact is doing or... Adam Bomb Squad, the hundreds, you know, mm-hmm. I think seeing the what these projects are doing, I expect Nike to be a hopefully a, a step above or at least at the same level. At the same level, yeah, that's true. And mm. they're, they're going in with their 
trademark logo, the tick, the swoosh, mm-hmm. and the Jordan ah, yeah. trademark. Okay. So um, you can already see what they're thinking, kind of thinking of doing, you know, right. obviously kind of basketball themed potentially. Potentially. Um, so, yeah, interested mm. to see what kind of apparel um, they're going to bring out, digital apparel. Yeah. Mm. And how that will play also into their in real life ecosystem, if that will, you know, if they're going to make any shoes or not shoes, any apparel in general related to the digital versions, um, much like Artifact have done with some uh, of yeah, their yeah. drops. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's smart. We, like even with Fortnite, Nike did something with them and then they could get in game digital accessories so like if we're moving towards metaverse mm. no brainer yeah but nike needs to be front and center <laughs> if they want to stay you know top. relevant yeah <laughs> that's true um speaking of metaverse mm-hmm. we saw facebook doing a massive announcement that they're changing to meta yep and there was talk about um well they talked about what the metaverse is mm-hmm. but really Theirs is a closed metaverse, not an open metaverse. Yep. Walled Garden. Yep. So <laughs> it's it, it's interesting how they're marketing it. And even choosing that name, it, the team just clearly wants you to think. Think of them. Think of them every time metaverse, metaverse is brought up. Yep. Which really it's not. Mm. It, you know, it, it has elements of it, definitely. But yeah. I think it, um, it goes against the nature of decentralization. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the ability for everyone to own their own data. Yep. And interoperability with other ecosystems mm-hmm. and standardization. It just, it's just, it goes against everything that the, the metaverse is trying to build right now. Yeah. We'll be, well, they haven't fully announced what it'll be. So we, it'll be, it'll be a big shock to everyone if they come out and say that it is going to be um, decentralized. Ooh. Don't you think? <laughs> that would shock me. And I would support them if they did that, but yeah. I doubt it. Yeah, that's true. They, um, yeah, they would want to keep people within their ecosystem. Like if it's anything like their platforms now and how they operate with merchants, you know, if you share your data with them to get more customers, mm-hmm. that data doesn't get disseminated back to you, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, um, yeah, it, w- it will be very interesting to see how how that all unfolds and you're already seeing that they're using influencers like as we spoke about before they're using influencers to um try promote this metaverse that they're that they're bringing yeah um they've they're doing pretty good brand rollout mm. a lot of publicity around them and i think it's already warping the perspective of mainstream audiences for what to expect for what to yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um even with Microsoft also jumping in, they're mm-hmm. doing some virtual meeting spaces. That would be cool. Which looks cool. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it goes back to what I was saying in the last episode about what Somnium Space is also doing. So they're doing something quite similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looks quite polished yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see most of these big tech companies coming into the space and trying to build their own version of the metaverse or mm-hmm. NFTs, digital accessories, whatever they're going to do. Yeah. Hmm. It's exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> it, it does. It, it, we are, as much as I dislike 
the intent of what they're doing, it definitely mm. speeds up this process and where we want to be in a digital future. Yeah. So, I'm excited. Well, I mean, it brings competition to what's already out there. And, you know, when you see someone else come in doing something yeah. like what they're doing, it yeah. makes you work harder to pull off what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the people in this space currently would be really rallying around the current platforms trying to build out, you know, a decentralized metaverse and, um, and you I know, think that's what we all kind of want. The, the investments starting to spike mm. when that announcement was made and made yeah. all the, the coins went up, prices of land started to go up. Everyone started to rally <laughs> around the existing, uh, platforms, metaverse yeah. platforms. Um, so interesting. Mm. We also saw some of the, um, financial firms starting to back, um, Ethereum. I think Goldman Sachs was saying it was going to reach around 8,000 USD by the end of the year. We also saw like JP Morgan backing ETH over Bitcoin as well. Mm. So it, it, it gives me confidence because that's like, I, I hold a lot of Ethereum. It's my main one. Yeah. Um, and I really want to support that ecosystem. I just think we need to see Ethereum 2.0, lower gas fees. Yes, that's the thing that's just stopping a lot of people at the moment from mm-hmm. buying more and in the nft space especially it's because the gas a lot fees. of downward pressure on prices because mm. if you're trying to buy something but the transaction cost is two three hundred dollars it's just that's insane yeah you know um, and you lose a lot of profits that way so it's interesting mm. i think um we need to see see it change soon or maybe we'll see a bit of um people starting to transition to some other platforms like Solana or something. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. Mm. ETH's, ETH's where it's at. Yeah. In my opinion right now. <laughs> I'm biased, but Ethereum, um, that's me all the way. It would be crazy that it, if it hits 8K USD by the end of the year. I mean, mm. I don't know what it is in US dollars at the moment, but it's around 6,000 Australian. Yeah. So that would be a big increase in less than two months. Yeah, it'd be a massive increase. So I'd be, I'd be interested to see what causes it to um, hit that peak by mm-hmm. the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that will deter a lot of newcomers to the space too, because or or if it will just, as you said, continue to drive down the prices of NFTs. Which is hopefully it doesn't, because a lot of people in the space, mm. I think, would would either go into a bad spot financially yeah, that's true. and a lot of smaller projects would die off just because they can't handle it. Yeah. So anyway. it will be, be tough for anyone that's starting a new project in this space as mm-hmm. well. Like I can imagine there's been people that have been probably planning for months to a year and, you know, now it's coming to a time when gas is super high. Ethereum is very expensive. Yep. Depending on what you're launching with the market, it's, very saturated in terms of like pfp projects for example yeah um so you know you you're definitely going to have to have a very strong and unique value proposition to um i think so. you know get a lot of investment um going mm. into your projects so yeah i'm interested to see it, it'll only mean innovation in this space right like yeah people will have to pivot try new things it's a good it could be a good thing because you could just cull all of the rubbish projects that's true just set a new standard yeah you're not going to get away with what you what we did or saw mm-hmm. six months ago yeah so, yeah very true um on a 
final note, we saw an interesting scandal pop up mm-hmm. um, around Jungle Freaks. Yes. This week, you know, uh, which... Pretty disappointing to see, to be honest. Mm, it was. It was a popular project, Jungle Freaks, mm. that um, was done by a long-time artist for his Hustler Magnet- Magazine. Hustler Magazine. Yeah. And... Um, some of his images came to light around um, some racist uh, portrayals of African Americans, I, mm. I suppose. And um, it, there was there was a lot of linkages to his particular artwork that um, was pointed was, out. Yeah, pointed out. You know, resembling Nazis and you know some of what they used to wear. Mm. Uh, so it is it is interesting, and they. There was a lot of backlash from that, I guess, and their their price dropped, and it really caused a bit of a divide in the NFT space. Yeah, People, some were defending yep. this person, and the other others weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think the bottom line is, it just showed me that diversity in the space just can't come fast enough. Yeah, definitely. You know, we need more voices in here. We need different. Um, pe- people from different backgrounds, different um, viewpoints. Viewpoints, exactly. <laughs> um, but it it was interesting, you know. Even they came out with this apology. Yeah. Was it an apology? They had an apology, and then they had a, a follow up, which um, kind of I don't know. I felt like it sort of like backtracked on the apology because it like justified why the drawings were done Mm. um because you know essentially put context to why the the drawings were done but i don't know i feel like if you're sorry do you need to justify why the drawings were done yeah just like apologize recognize that those images were hurtful to that community Mm -hmm. and then try move forward from it rather than bringing up i don't know it is a lot of that that article was just saying oh this was the agenda that Larry Flint, you know, I think the... The magazine creator yeah, had. Was, was driving at the time mm. and it was satirical and then it was giving context to other images but never really touched on the images that were shown. Yeah. Which, anyway, um, I guess, I guess or whatever your viewpoint is, whether you disagree that he should be penalised or, you know, judged for the, that behaviour, whether you think it's just unacceptable... Mm-hmm. Um, and there should be ramifications. I think the bottom line is just we need different voices and viewpoints in you. And yeah, more people creating projects that are successful from underrepresented groups, I say. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally don't support that. No. That we don't have any anyway. We didn't no. have any. No. <laughs> Nor did I want it. I, I didn't really like the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It was it was interesting to see how the project handled it. I think I would have liked to have seen them engage with people of color to try understand a bit better about why there was so much backlash. I don't know. I didn't look too deeply, but I feel like that's what I would have done if I felt like I heard a community that was underrepresented, then I would seek out people in that community and be like, okay, what did I do wrong? If you don't know. Mm. Or, you know, 
how can I grow and learn from those mistakes and try to move past them because I don't want that to represent me anymore. That is my past work and I can't take back what I've already done, but I can try and move forward. So for me, I don't think I, I didn't see that that was happening. I didn't see them engage in other voices to get an outside opinion um, on how they can move forward. So anyway, disappointing. Hopefully the hopefully the community realizes what we need, um, and yeah. more of those voices become apparent and louder in this space. Because um, yeah. we would love to see that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we're we're slowly seeing it happen. Mm. Um, especially you know, women in the space. I think they're starting to really propel the space forward and definitely i see a lot of projects popping out there so that's just one avenue yeah of more diversity in the space yeah and you can see that those projects also really like support each other i've jumped into a few um like women in nft twitter spaces where there's been a few different women projects and they're all kind of lifting each other up and Mm -hmm. talking about what they like about the different projects so it's nice that they're supporting each other and you know they're not being made to compete against one another i think that's something that women have always had to do is okay i don't have a big voice so i need to compete with you rather than lift you up whereas now we're seeing no we don't need to do that we can actually all grow in this space yeah we all need to be represented and you know let's lift each other up and give each other all platforms to speak i love seeing that that it is a big emphasis on that and I feel mm. like everyone's just supporting each other in that space. So it's yeah. really positive. It is. Anyway. Um, so I think that's just the the end note of this podcast. Just really, we need to see more diversity. So if you have something to give, share. Feel free to do it. Go directly to the source and, you know, share your thoughts. You mm-hmm. know, put it out on social media. Create something meaningful. Or participate in a project that's already out there that you can add something of value to. Mm. Thank you so much for listening to the Looks Rare podcast. We are Nala Studios. If you're a brand looking to enter the Web3 space, whether it's in cryptocurrency, NFTs, or the metaverse, please reach out to us to have a chat. You can find us at Nalo underscore studios on Instagram or Twitter. That's N-A-L-O underscore studios. Or visit our website at nalostudios.io. If you've enjoyed this, please consider subscribing to the podcast and follow us on our socials to stay up to date on all things Web3. That's all, and we'll see you in the next episode.